Donald Trump is president, Tom Petty is dead, the United States is out of the World Cup in 2018 in Russia. Um, this is the Quintet Podcast.
I found that Tom Petty song like three weeks ago. Had no idea it ever uh, even existed. Um, the man passes away. He passed away on my day off, man. Monday, October 2nd. Uh, me and the band got done with our tour, but on that day we were in uh, Albany, New York, and we were taking a day off, and uh, that was kind of a terrible part of it. We listened to a couple tunes, but uh, the song's a banger, swinging. He put out so many, so many good ones. Um, definitely in that voice of a generation category. Um, it was cool to see everybody uh, everybody come out in so many good you know, covers and tributes and and uh, lists, what's your Tom, my favorite Tom Petty song, stuff like that. I like even the losers for some reason. I don't know why, but I've been checking into Tom. Um, 66 is way too soon. Uh, I love how uh, in Gainesville, the Florida crowd um, sang I Won't Back Down, I think. I think it was that one. Maybe it was American Girl. Those seem to be the two that are in circulation. I'm surprised I haven't heard more Free Falling. But I guess that's the obvious one. It's like every time a musician dies, somebody, I feel like the media picks like something that's semi-clever for the occasion of death. Like when Sinatra died, it was just a, it was my way all the time, which is just really kind of a song about being like a ruthless dick. Um, NPR had a really good story about how it should have been Angel Eyes, and I agree with that one. For Tom Petty, though, they all kick ass. Doesn't really matter what you're going to put on. If you put on a Tom Petty song, nobody's going to be like, change the channel, man. Um, sad to see him go. Uh, the song is called Swingin'. United States went down, um, I guess, swinging last night. I actually can't even believe that I like just spoke that sentence in such a casual manner. I'm always blown away by the times where sports, um, where a result will affect me the day after. Um, in a real way, I felt it many times with the Indianapolis Colts, like having a terrible Monday after they blow a game on Sunday. Um, this one, though, I, I think I got, like, shitty sleep last night because um, because the USA game was so bad. Where do you even begin? I don't know. Uh you know, I'm playing the assumption that, that like, people are, are not soccer, or you might be a soccer fan, you might be, I don't know why you're listening to this thing. Why are you spending your time with me? I do need to go back and talk about, like, where we've been in this World Cup qualification situation. At the beginning, we came out, I think we maybe lost, like, two or three in a row. There's all these countries, like, the United States is with North America, so it's, like, Canada, Mexico, United States, and then, like, all the Caribbean nations and all the Central American nations. That big cluster of teams is called CONCACAF. And we are obviously one of the better sides in that. Like, everybody in the world is situated in these little groups all over the world. So ours is CONCACAF and those, those countries I just named. Uh, they whittle all the countries down to six teams in the end. And that's called the HEX. And uh, three of those six teams, after everything is said and done, you play everybody twice... Five games times two, ten. So out of ten, coming into last night, the United States had won three, drawn three, and lost three. And that's not good enough when we're talking about Mexico, pretty good team. Costa Rica, pretty good, but we should be better. The United States was in third coming into last night, which is qualifying for the World Cup. Uh, fourth place, Panama. Uh, fifth place, uh, da, 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 Honduras. Sixth place, Trinidad and Tobago. I've seen us post five and six goals on Trinidad Tobago before. And so, and we're coming off this game against Panama on Saturday where the United States wins 
four to nothing in Orlando. Looks amazing. And just, there was like no plan. There was no execution. In this game, there, there wasn't a lot of leadership. There was some desperate tactical maneuver up to our young 19-year-old superstar, Christian Pulisic. But, I mean, he's still 19. Um, it's, there's a gigantic disparity on this, on this. I wouldn't even call it a team. I would call it, like, a squad of, of the United States. And I say that because um, we don't really know. if. Let's just assume... We didn't lose 2-1 to one to Trinidad and Tobago last night. Um, even if we went to the World Cup, I don't really know like who you'd start in goal. Uh, there are a lot of positions where I don't know who you put where. Nothing was clear-cut about, about this, uh, this, this team. Soccer requires cohesion. It, it requires uh, uh, a total team effort. This is not a basketball mentality. Um, it just it, it requires a lot more than than this this group of guys on the field were willing to give. And um, so I guess here's the long and short of it. Um, first off, probably in exactly four years' time, we're going to be at this place again, and less people are going to give a shit about soccer because the World Cup in Russia will come and go. And uh, the average person who's watching the World Cup will go, well, when's the United States play? And somebody like me will have to go, oh, we actually didn't qualify for this? And I'll go, whatever. And then he won't like soccer because Americans typically like things we're good at because we're supposed to be the greatest country in the world and we're supposed to be good at everything, right? And uh, and, and there's this weird misunderstanding about uh, the male game. Uh, people always talk to me, they're like, how come the women have won it like three times and the guys can't? And I'm like, it's a really different conversation to me. Um, the guys game has been around longer and like, we're talking at a world level. This is a sport everybody plays. Third Third world nations get a team together that's actually pretty good. Like, just all around the world, people play soccer. But only until recently, I don't think all around the world women played soccer. But the United States, for sure, would go, oh yeah, no, women can do everything. Like, we're progressive in that way. So we do have a women's team, and we happen to organize it better. And just, I think it's it's a product of our economy that, like, our women's team dominated first in a sport where there's a lot of... Co- like, you got to think about, like, Saudi Arabia just qualified for the World Cup. Saudi Arabia also just allowed women to drive a car. Like, there are just so many examples like that where it's like, women don't play soccer in Iran, who also qualified. Like, I'm pretty sure it's illegal. Um, and so, like, there's there's just a ton of issues like that. So, like, I think there is slightly less international, complete competition in the women's game, which does not even have anything to do with the fact that the women's team is so unbelievable. They play at an extremely high rate. The United States men's youth program can take some notes. Um, they're, they're an incredible set of individuals. And we still don't win every time. You know, I mean, we just, the women's team hasn't been on a good run of, run of form. That happens with teams. That happens in sports where there's an expiration date on players. Um, there just comes a time where it's the end of an era. So coming into this game, coming into this World Cup qualifying, 
uh, I think the United States was there. We have Christian Pulisic, who's 19. We have a, a very good under-21 squad, under-23 squad. And we're trying to throw some of those players in. Uh, U.S. soccer is trying to integrate our own league, the Major League Soccer, into this, as well as find, um, you know, players from all around the world who might have partial citizenship and a, and a better cultural understanding of the game. You know, those those Jermaine Jones or, or the uh, uh, Gideon Zellalems of, of the world who maybe have, like, one American parent. You can get citizenship. You can play for our team. You know, those kind of things. But even still... Nothing was clear-cut about this. There was a coaching change. Fired Jurgen Klinsmann sometime earlier this year or last year. This is the oldest organized game. Most widespread organized game. You don't get better at it overnight. But I, but I don't understand how you don't qualify uh, when you're playing a team that was already eliminated. Just got bashed by like two or three category four or five storms. Um on this little, little pitch, uh, nobody there, there's no excuse, uh, so the scenario, we, if we drew, we would be fine, I think, if we, if we tied with Trinidad Tobago, they beat us outright, Mexico lost to Honduras, and Costa Rica lost to Panama, those are the exact three things that needed to happen last night to knock the United States out of their first World Cup uh, since 1986. I didn't really explain that well. What I mean is, this is the first time since 1986 that the United States has not qualified for the World Cup. This is the first time in my lifetime the United States has not qualified for the World Cup. And I think it is embarrassing. Um, the World Cup is, is better than the Olympics to me. It's it's the thing that got me into soccer. Uh, it's this next level of um, of a patriotic idea, of an idea of representing one's country. It's um, and and for the United States, like we we invented sports entertainment. We came over here and we invented three new sports and we made tons of money off them with basketball, baseball, and football. But everybody was playing soccer, and we weren't when we weren't very good at that. We just kind of left it behind. That's always fascinated me. So it's kind of like, just because we can't be good at soccer, our men's team can't be good at soccer, um, this interest in it just goes out the window. Where we actually just put, we bubble ourselves as fans into this place where we're almost too good for the international, you know, beautiful game of, of football. And and I just, I, I just don't subscribe to that. I, I think that Americans should have a wider appreciation and understanding for the wider world it's very easy to get sucked into this country i think we've seen that in the political climate and the cultural climate um in recent times so for any time um if there was ever a time where where i felt like we needed something else where we needed like a miracle on ice or something like that. It might have been this opportunity we just let go last night where you are going to Russia. Russia in 2018 to play in the World Cup in a sport where our country gets no respect. Um, and there was no game plan and there was no cohesion. There was no togetherness. It's a clear sign to me that we have a long way to go. 
I guess maybe now looking back on it, hindsight's twenty twenty. It uh, we're not. We have one world class player, truly. And then everybody else is uh, is recognized within the American arena. It's hard. It's debatable. I don't know if Landon Donovan is a world class player. I don't know if Clint Dempsey is a world class player. I think Tim Howard was a world class player. Um. But we've never really had a struggle until now, ever finding a good goalkeeper. Christian Pulisic is a, is a real world class player, but he's the only one. the 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 results showed themselves. This team, this United States Soccer Federation, from from the ground up, front office, everything. The plan has not been solid enough to warrant belonging in this pool of teams who competes for this tournament this year. And I didn't realize it until last night. In a weird way, it does feel like it's been coming. Trinidad, we have 235 times the population of Trinidad and Tobago. The statistics behind not finding a result in this game are just staggering. All the other circumstances don't help. There was a 3% chance the United States would be eliminated from play last night. And it went down. And that's what the last two years has really been about. Right when you say something's not going to happen, I just don't know if I can be the kind of person that uh, that believes that, that bad things uh, won't happen. Because anything is possible, man. Anything is possible.
kind of thought to myself that I wouldn't talk politics and sports I wouldn't like jump you know I wouldn't go out of my way to pull to pull them together because uh, I really want to do uh, sport, sports and music sports and art um, the relation and and just generally talk about sports as an artist because I relate the two um, I just like to relate the two unfortunately the two collided in um, probably the lamest way that I can that I can think of. Um, obviously, the national anthem thing has been a been a growing issue from from the executive office of the president. Donald doesn't like it when people kneel. Donald doesn't like it when people exercise freedom of speech. Donald doesn't like it when clear problems that we experience every day. Um, are not dealt with and acts like they don't exist and acts like if they do exist, he's doing a great job. Um, Mike Pence came to see my favorite uh, football team uh, of all time this past Sunday. Um, we're playing the San Francisco 49ers, who you might remember was the team that, uh, that uh, Colin Kaepernick called home for... Uh, for the beginning of his career in uh, the league, and also where he decided he would kneel uh, to protest police brutality uh, during the National Anthem, which was the beginning of this whole thing. So, here's why I don't like this. Mike Pence comes to the game. Shocker! Everybody kneels. Um, during the anthem and maybe some before, uh, as the Colts are playing the 49ers. This is from October 1st. This is the Colts' official statement a couple weeks back when this was all starting to happen. People were really outwardly uh, protesting what the president said about Colin Kaepernick being a son of a bitch. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts players posted this, a quote, Recently, there have been several misperceptions regarding a personal choice made by members of our team to bring awareness to prevailing issues facing our nation. Can I also just add, the Colts have been the most patriotic, always representing the troops, way too big American flag, always doing the gag where you bring, where you bring a family there and then all of a sudden dad pops out of a thing and, and he's back from, from the war. It's a beautiful thing. They've constantly done, so all that is, all that is true. 
But as NFL players, we have a platform, and as Americans, we have a responsibility to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Our intention was to raise awareness and continue critical conversations about real equality, the injustices against black and brown people, police brutality, respect, unity, and equal opportunity. Our players are hurting, our people are hurting, our neighborhoods are hurting, and kneeling was a direct response to that hurt. But what makes football so special is the way it brings people together. And this is what I'm going to come back to. Fans, players, coaches, all of us. We represent different races, backgrounds, and beliefs, but we come together for a common goal. That togetherness on the field and in the stands when we play should resonate even when we leave the stadium, as Mike did very early. In the same spirit as unified Americans, we will respect all forms of peaceful protests as they are protected under the First Amendment of the U.S. Constitution. Some of our players may kneel, while others may stand. But this is just the beginning. There is much more work to do, and it will take all of us. Kneeling for injustice, standing for unity, fighting for equality, showing respect, together. So that's what the cult said. I think if you're Mike, or just any rational person who likes solving big problems, you come into a place like Lucas Oil Stadium in Indianapolis, at the center of the whole state which is pretty half and half on the way things are going right now politically, from what I can tell on my Facebook feed. I live in New York, but I'm from Indiana. You might use this as an opportunity to come back to that one idea they talk about in the second paragraph, unity. You might come in here and watch the game, watch the anthem, inevitably see that people are going to protest in some way, which is their right, and say, you know what? I may not agree with you, but I respect the idea that you have the right to do that. And then you watch the game, and maybe the Colts win their second game of the season. So since that day, a couple things have been reported. Um, the you know press who was traveling with Mike Pence to Lucas Oil Stadium, uh, they're they're all get going there in their little van, and instead of getting out, the Secret Service was like, "Oh no, just stay in here." And they're like, "Oh, what's going on?" Secret Service said he won't be here long. So then Pence uh, tweets, I guess, after he, you know, national anthem happens, uh, people kneel, people protest, and uh, and he just leaves immediately and he tweets, I left today's Colts game because at POTUS and I will not dignify any event that disrespects our soldiers, our flag, and our national anthem. Um, and then Donald just totally undercuts him with perfect comedic ti- with perfect comedic timing. And says, uh, no, I told him to leave. Um, and so he leaves. And here's the other problem. Um, so, so we're saying that like on taxpayer money, Mike Pence flies from Las Vegas after the biggest mass shooting in America just to come to Indianapolis, go to the game for five minutes to come and leave. And then there's just an empty seat that I would have gladly taken. I would have loved to have seen the Colts beat the 49ers in overtime to get their second one of the season. Um... And then he flies back to California. That's $46,000 an hour for whatever plane that is on taxpayer money. And the stunt probably cost $250,000 uh, to begin with. And I just don't know why you go there just to leave. It sounds really a lot like propaganda to me. Um, and I was happy to see a win afterward. Because I stand with that freaking team. I stand with the players. Football is a screwed up sport, but I still watched it and I screamed my face off because Marlon Mack, don't know if you've heard of him, he's that other guy who runs in the Colts' back backfield besides Frank Gore, 
Lead rusher Marlon Mack, nine carries, 91 yards. That's 10 yards of carry and a touchdown. I thought he got two touchdowns, but I guess I'm wrong. I was freaking out. T.Y. Hilton, seven receptions, 177 yards. Jacoby Brissett was 22 of 34, 314 yards. little pick there, but we won the freaking game. And um, Mike Pence can stay out, dude. This is a really clear-cut thing. Protest is nothing new. And if you have a problem with it, and you want to continuously spill the story that people are trying to disrespect the flag and shame our country with these actions, you know, like just everybody knows that that is not the truth. It has been established for so long, and all the players need to do is just continue to come out and say, I have the right to do this. I will if I want to. We're searching together for a change. It's about unity, my friends. Unity, peace, and love. I've had a life spin chasing what my heart couldn't name. Love you, fan that flame. Oh, my dear sister, you're the fire in the field. My other hand on the wheel. And I will be your song. I will sing a life with you And if we forget the melody Yeah, we'll write another tune That will be a somber Till evening draws shade I can sing a song For love Well, you meet me in September And you share my name My son, our blood's the same Well, you run with me, darling To the top of the hill Drink till you've had your fill And I will be your song I will sing a life with you And if we forget the melody Yeah, we'll write another tune I will be your songbird Till evening draws a shade I can sing a song For love I've had a life spent chasing What my heart couldn't name Love, you made that shame So I will be your somber I will sing a life with you If we forget the melody Yeah, we're writing a tune be your somber till evening draws a shade I can sing a song for the love of me 
This baseball thing's on tonight. I think I'm going to try and watch it. I think I'm going to try and catch the uh, Indians-Yankees game five, the elimination game. Because um, baseball matters now. You don't need 162 games to decide things, people. You only need 10. You can tell how bad you suck after 10 games. Just ask the United States men's nationals team. Um, uh, going to lead you out here. Um, that was Songbird by Corey Chisel. Um, featuring... A female singer featuring who? Um, I'm looking it up. The song's called Songbird. Uh, Adriel Denai? That's my guess. D-E-N-A-E is the, is the lady, but Corey Chisel. Corey with an E-Y. Um, song's real good. I listened to it so much a couple days ago, and then at night I realized it kind of sounds like Suddenly Seymour from Little Hop of, Little Hop of Shores. Uh, it kind of sounds like Suddenly Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors, which is also a male-female duet. Um, and they kind of share melody lines. But I think the Corey Chisel song is better. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's figure out a way to wrap this up. Basketball is coming, you guys. Andrew Luck is coming. Saturday morning, Manchester United, Liverpool, 7.30 a.m. Then I'll be going to a rehearsal dinner. Two of my two of my friends are getting married this weekend. It's gonna pop off. Um, it's gonna be really fun. Um, oh, I just realized what I want to lead out with. Um, I'm gonna lead you out um, with a hope for better days. With a hope for better days. I've been obsessed with this War on Drugs album. This song is called Pain. Um, first line is Go to bed now. I can tell. Pain is on the way out now. It's also Jason Isbell's favorite uh, War on Drugs song. Um, you know if Jason Isbell says it's good, and I say it's good, um, you may have the inclination to think this song is good as well. Look, I hope this week doesn't suck. I hope sports get better. I'm praying they do. I hope the country gets better. Uh, what a rough, rough time this is to be alive. But uh, thank God we can all uh, come together and listen to my one-sided conversation that I have with myself on a very irregular uh, interval of time, basically once every two weeks. Uh, yeah. War on Drugs. Look, my new thing is out. My new album, Hallucinate, it's out. BenClark.Bandcamp.com. Go listen to that thing. Go buy it if you really love me. Um, that's me whoring myself out. War on Drugs. Let's kick it. Bye.
said you'd be mine Am I moving back in time? 